Hello once again to Self Credo Podcast. Um, thank you for joining me in another episode. I think this is episode three. I'm not sure if I should count the intro, which was about two minutes or a minute long. Um, I think this is episode two or three. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I want to apologize for not attending um, this weekly podcast and uh, sort of going on a hiatus and not showing up, uh, which is really bad of me. So I apologize for that. If you guys, uh, you know, were sort of like following along with me and you wanted to learn something new last week, I didn't show up, you know, it, things happened. Um, my microphone failed today, um, well, yesterday, but, uh, today I discovered that it failed completely. Um, it's kaput, it's kaput, so I don't know what to do about that. Should I buy a new one? Should I just keep using my phone, which is what I'm doing right now? Um, yeah, so apologies, but I will try my best best to be uh, on this podcast every single week uh, and doing something that I love, which is, you know, cultural analysis and talking about cultural topics and everything like that. So today's topic is wokeness. You're not surprised. You've read the title. It's wokeness. Um... So wokeness is something that is really big uh, lately. Well, not exactly lately as in um, 2020, but as in like the last five years or so, um, we sort of have the beginning of these ideas. Um, Also, sorry if you hear any noise in the background. This mic is not noise canceling. Um, So um, wokeness. Let's, okay, before I get into the topic, I want to tell you that what the way I'm going to approach this topic, I want to say that I'm going to approach it in a sort of historical fashion. So I'm trying to um, analyze it sort of historically and see it from a historical perspective, um, which of course means that I will try my best to not be uh, political, but it, it, I mean, we have to be political. I mean, it's not that, it's not really a choice. So I will try my best to stay sort of neutral so I could, you know, um, be someone who you could listen to where, where, wherever you are and whoever you are and whatever um, political identity you have, uh, I just want to introduce uh, these topics and talk about them in an apolitical sort of manner. So, um, wokeness. A lot of news lately have been talking about woke culture. I mean, it's become a meme. Uh, calling someone woke is sort of a meme. It's, it's something that you laugh at. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, wokeness is, um, it's, you know, when someone is 
extremely, extremely sensitive to the environment and sort of sees things differently and sort of outcasted in in a sort of way by society and by people. And that's why it's a joke. Uh, we don't call people we like woke. Uh, so it's, um, in a way, it is, it is, uh, it's trying to show you that, um, that I'm different and I'm someone who is, uh, you know, I realize that your wokeness is sort of fake. It comes off as fake. Um, it's not, it's not for the better good of everyone else. So wokeness has become a joke, um, but a lot of people take it seriously and uh, they take it as sort of like part of their identity. So it's part of the way they, um, um, you know, see the world. And what I'm going to try to do is explain that vision and see how it developed within history. Uh, so let's begin. Um, first of all, let's start with uh, the basics. And by basics, I want to go real, real back in history. I want to go back to the end of Marxism. Because once Marxism has, you know, showed the world that it has failed big time, uh, big countries have tried to implement it, but failed catastrophically. Uh, we have the emergence of a new sort of wave within academia and um, mostly academia, but within society as well. Um, a lot of people are starting to question um you know, tradition, trying to question uh, authority figures and and dominant narratives. And um, within this period, uh, a couple of philosophers came together and made something called the Frankfurt School. So the Frankfurt School is in Germany, and these um, uh, philosophers are uh, Adorno, um, Horkheimer, Walter Benjamin, Marcuse, uh, Habermas, and a lot of other uh, thinkers, um, they came together and wanted to create this new approach in academia uh, to um, literary uh, theory uh, and um, analysis. And so... So critical theory, instead of it being um, the traditional uh, theory uh, approach, what it tries to do is try to look at culture and society and see how it has become what it is um, uh, by, by sort of critically looking at it um, but looking at the issues specifically, looking at the issues in society and why things have come to be the way they are. So we look at issues and um, we look at the way things are. And this sort of critical theory has given the uh, emergence or sort of given the way to uh, social justice. Because we wanted... Um, not we, I mean, 
the Frankfurt School wanted to uh, have an impact, have an impact on social change and um, sort of change the way things are uh, because they are wrong. And uh, we have ideas like, um, you know, trying to see the world from a different perspective and um, see it from a different prism. Um, so we have the, uh, you know, the failure of Marxism and the Marxist sort of uh, prism to view the world through um, with its failure, the emergence of the Frankfurt School and uh, the idea of social justice have begun to shape. Uh, with a lot of um, uh, thinkers who are cultural analysts, uh, critics, uh, what they try to do is criticize and critique um, uh, society, culture, people, the masses, uh, thinkers uh, and notions of and ideas, and uh, we have the um, we go back and we take uh, when I say we I mean the Frankfurt School. Uh, we take back some uh, knowledge or um, some truth uh, from other thinkers, like for example. Um, Antonio Gramsci's idea of false consciousness, um, which has been taken from the Marxist sort of, uh, you know, realm and begun to shape itself within uh, critical theory. This all began in the 60s, 70s, um, and it also gave birth to cultural studies and it, it is what I do, actually. So um, these were, you know, the foundations of cultural studies, uh, trying to um, dis dissect and understand the way culture interacts with people and how culture and people um, produce uh, each other, um, how people produce culture, but in the same time, culture produces people and their identities. So we have cultural studies, which tries to study that uh, specifically. Um, and we come to the 80s, and within the 80s, uh, the ideas of Foucault start to really shape um, cultural studies and... Um, and have become sort of like a toolbox for thinkers. Um, and they sort of gave way to the emergence of a new vision. And um, when I say new vision, here, um, I think that here exactly at this uh, part of time, we get the emergence of wokeness as a way of seeing things and understanding them much clearer, much more uh, critical, and in a sort of deeper sense. Um, we also have deconstruction, so the notion of deconstruction and um, the way deconstruction works uh, is taking the issues at hand and dissecting them uh, from this sort of like bottom-up sort of approach. Um, it also tries to uh, break apart 
the dominant narratives, the dominant discourses, the dominant um, ideas and notions and uh, power regulations of the time. Uh, and we have the emergence of post-colonial uh, theory and uh, what exactly it does is um, sort of say that whiteness uh, has been sort of dominant historically uh, and it sort of dominated the sphere of culture and societies because of its invasiveness and um, uh, the, the imperialist approach to um, societies, other societies and other cultures. Um, so we we have we have this whole baggage. Let's begin again uh, from the beginning. So we have this whole baggage of uh, critical theory, Frankfurt School, social justice, uh, Foucauldian uh, theories of knowledge, power, and discourse, um, uh, deconstruction from Derrida. Uh, this all gave way to also, um, and sorry for not mentioning. But also within this period, we have the emergence of women, women, uh, women studies and gender studies. Um, uh, so we have uh, feminists uh, taking a stand and, uh, in academia and trying to uh, voice themselves and other particular different groups. So... This period is, is trying to break apart the dominant narratives, which are white, heterosexual, and male. Um, it tries to give voice to uh, people of color, um, uh, women, uh, people with disabilities, uh, LGBTQ, um, and other sort of uh, people uh, who haven't been voiced throughout history and within you know this sphere in academia within this uh s sort of uh part of history in academia um we have the emergence of postmodernism but before we get to postmodernism and the new left and the ideas of new justice um around the 60s 70s 80s uh, there, there were mass movements, political movements, identity politics, um, shaping and reshaping the academic sphere and um, sort of trying to voice people who haven't been voiced before, like I said, um, women and other uh, peoples. And this gave, uh, like... It, it, it tries to see injustice in society. It tries to uh, see the hidden um, injustice uh, by breaking everything apart. Like I said, deconstruction has begun to uh, give its way within academia and um, the cultural sphere. So now let's get to postmodernism. So postmodernism um, is the sort of uh, skepticism towards meta narratives, and this is a definition by Leotard, uh, John Francois Leotard, and um, 
what he defines postmodernism postmodernism as um, the incredulity towards uh, meta narratives. So, what are meta narratives? Meta narratives are the dominant discourses, the dominant um, sort of uh, ways of seeing the world, uh, and how you know it, it shapes. Uh, view and a vision of the masses so a meta narrative is uh sort of like religion and uh marxism so it gives you this uh new definition to tr to what is truth it gives you a lot of definitions actually to what truth is to what knowledge is to what your goal in life is so a meta narrative encapsulates all of you and all of your uh you know life and culture um and it gives birth to this sort of imagination this sort of um uh idea of what your life supposed to be like what 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 your life is supposed to be like and what should and what should you and what should you do to be able to achieve these goals and um uh be able to achieve the goal of that religion that particular religion or um you know economic sort of ideology um and what postmodernism does is is, is become skeptic of that. It says, you know what, I don't think that this religion holds truth, and I don't think anything has truth. So we have postmodernism looking at everything uh, in society um, and trying to re-envision uh, everything uh, by deconstruction, by the Foucauldian uh, methods and tactics, um, it tries to uh, sort of break apart everything and say that truth actually does not exist um, because meta narratives are are not are not the holders of truth. They are man made, and we can't really trust that to be knowledge. And we even have this skepticism towards the Enlightenment and Enlightenment uh, ideals and notions and uh, science as well. So it deconstructs everything. And in its beginning phases, um, we have the deconstruction of everything uh, even the deconstruction of ourselves and our identities and our being and it um it, it sort of died out in its first phase because it wasn't able to uh you know sort of be able to have anything to stand uh, uh to stand on any foundation because it all it does is deconstruct and break apart uh things um uh without really having an uh ulterior motive uh to achieve anything in particular so um let's go back a little bit in time uh uh well exactly in this period which is sort of like the 80s um so like i said uh political movements uh social justice uh sort of um you know 
with the emergence of new identities taking this, the cultural sphere and talking about themselves and talking about uh, their existence and their experiences um, in academia, we have the fusion between postmodernist ta uh, post tactics, postmodernist vision of deconstruction, of um, achieving power knowledge and um, power knowledge and uh, discourse of the Foucauldian sort of uh, vision, it sort of blended together with identity politics um, in this period. And we have new sort of visions and new frameworks which try to um, re-envision society and cultures from the perspectives of people who weren't represented. So this blend between identity politics and the postmodern tactics of deconstruction and the ideas of power, uh, discourse, and knowledge uh, production, uh, we have the notions of truths instead of truth. Uh, we have um, the emergence of queer theory, gender theory, uh, and uh, uh, whiteness studies, um, that all have to do uh, be under the sphere of uh, cultural studies, um, uh, ethnic studies, uh, area studies. And this sort of just took off in academia um, because it became the new sort of foundation. It became the new uh, way of seeing things. Um, it it tries to differentiate itself from from other uh, you know uh, academic ways of thinking. It tries to differentiate itself from science and the scientific method and the enlightenment uh, notions. All of this together sort of gave birth to the idea of wokeness because what exactly is wokeness it is not being part of the dominant discourse anymore it's being represented as different from the dominant discourse it's um, not believing the dominant truth and the dominant idea of truth because truth does not exist uh, we can't have objective reality we can't reach it we can't um, access it. We have the ideas of Baudrillard with the assimilation and simulacra that uh, see the world um, through the, uh, you know, sort of replica of itself, uh, copy-paste of itself. So with the help of critical theory and Frankfurt School, social justice has begun uh, to um, have this academic ground to stand on, uh, unlike uh, it, what it had been in the beginning, just purely deconstructionist and purely um, something that is deconstructing everything for the purpose of deconstruction. Uh, we have uh, a new purpose, which is um, justice and the service of trying to make the world a better place. So wokeness uh, comes from this idea of trying to see the world uh, without that veil of um, 
that veil that surrounds, uh, that infiltrates society, uh, that veil of false consciousness. Uh, without it, we can see uh, how society actually works, how racism, for example, uh, works implicitly. Um, the ideas of Foucault, for example, say that power works in a dispersed manner, uh, in a uh, in a sort of minute, unseen way. Uh, you can't really pinpoint exactly where it started and where it ends. And uh, we have the idea of the death of the author. Uh, we don't know where um, we we don't know where the text had uh, you know started to shape, and we can't really control it anymore. So we so we start to have this deeper, more critical understanding of culture and the way it works. Um, and all of this together, when you start to go deeper into this, when you become an academic and you see the world from, from this sort of perspective, you start to analyze everything from this perspective. You start to see everything from this perspective and uh, look through it and understand things. Like you start seeing racism where uh, it is implicit. Uh, you start to see... Um, uh, white dominance, for example, imperialist notions where um, where it is implicit and can't be really seen, uh, um, you know, broadly and in the light. You have to dig deeper to see it. And this is wokeness. It's when you have the ability to see things in a deeper perspective. So uh, let's recap a little bit. Uh, so we have postmodernism. Uh, which is sort of like the center point of everything because it is the toolbox for these academics uh, and academia. Uh, and um, in its beginnings, it was deconstructionist for its own purpose. Didn't really have a foundation. It didn't have anything to stand on. In its second phase, we have the emergence of new ethnic uh, area studies, uh, identity politics fused with um, postmodern uh, ways of thinking and ways of viewing the world. Um, so we have like the ability to see things differently from other people. So wokeness sort of is given birth around this period and the second phase of postmodernism. Um, and during during the third uh, phase of it, we have the um, we have the uh, the solidification of these ideas instead of them being dispersed in a manner that isn't uh, coherent, uh, that isn't that isn't a foundation. We have the uh, sort of solidification of these ideas as a foundation at this period and we sort of have a ground to stand on this is our framework this is the way we see things this is this is the way we conduct our research and this is the way we uh, are trying to heal society from its social injustices um, and uh, failures um, and at around this period we have the uh, the the birth of this sort of um, religious aura to uh, 
to the whole idea of um, you know cultural studies, uh, uh, identity politics, and postmodernism. Uh, there's this sort of allegiance to, to these ideas, and there's this self assurance. Um, there's this uh, simplified view, instead of it being really hard to understand like it was in the beginning, it is simplified because we have this self-assurance, like we know what we're doing, um, we have a ground to stand on, and this ground is mainly focused, mainly based on the ideas of Foucault, on the ideas of um uh, uh, the Frankfurt School and uh, critical theory. Uh, so everything begins to, uh, you know, become critical, uh, viewed in in uh, through this prism. Uh, but it's 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 not for for deconstruction uh, purpose. It's not for the sake of deconstructing and trying to understand. Things and how they work. It's 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 about serving justice, and with that, we have the ability to look at the world through a system of power. We don't see society as it is anymore because the veil of false consciousness, like we like like I've said, has been raised. Uh, we are looking at the world through a system of power. Um, and how, uh, you know, the way we talk um, and the way we, we have been socialized have uh, ingrained within us um, racism, for example, have ingrained within us um, the dominant narratives and the dominant discourse uh, and sort of uh, uh, everything that is wrong with society has been socialized within us and we can't see it except if we look at it through the critical uh, perspective. Um, and around this period, uh, this period which is exactly um, the 2000s to, to the present, um, we have a sort of uh, the self-assurance and, you know, uh, the way we have become able to stand um, and sort of anchor ourselves uh, on on the foundation of these ideas. So at the beginning, we didn't really have anchors. Now we do. Now we're self-assured. Now we are uh, sure of what we do. Uh, and the irony here is, although... Um, the idea of objective truth and objective reality doesn't exist. Uh, we have the um, ideas like uh, uh, this idea of power. It becomes the new truth. It becomes the new um, uh, sort of uh, foundation. And so this is what has uh, given the uh, way to the emergence of ideas like critical race theory, um, uh, new waves of feminism, new waves of uh, looking at gender uh, and gender fluidity and, um, you know, the whole um, pronoun, uh, you know, the, the, the solidification of these ideas has given people more power uh, and not any, you know, like uh, people. It's 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 the people who, who are, you know, 
the sort of children of these uh, ideas and the foundation of these ideas. Um, so when you have um, theorists, critical analysts, uh, philosophers, well, not specifically philosophers, but um, uh, people who are in this uh, cultural sphere, um, uh, academic cultural sphere, we have this sort of assurance of what we're doing. We know what we're doing um, and uh, we conduct ourselves based on this. Uh, like I said, it gives it a solidification, a ground, an anchor to stand on, a foundation. So finally, postmodernism has begun to shape itself into something that is uh, more concrete and uh, based in reality uh, and um, dynamic uh, with, with, with a goal. Uh, and the goal is um, serving justice and equality for people who were un unrepresented before. Now the problem, now the problem here is when this happened, uh, when this happened exactly, uh, is sort of around 2010 um, to the present. We have the, these um, new ideas that are, um, you know, sort of considered radical in the sense that, um, you know, it, it gave birth to cancel culture, uh, to, to the ideas of white fragility, um, things that I've spoken about before, um, these new ideas have given uh, have given theorists to sort of theorize new concepts and new ideas uh, without really um, giving um, sort of a. Uh, let me rephrase this, uh, rephrase this, it sort of forgot itself. It, it has forgotten um, its, its beginnings, which were very critical, which were very critical of everything. It became more of a religion. So uh, these are the ideas of... Um, uh, of uh, identity politics fused in with postmodern ideals and tactics, um, the birth of new uh, frameworks and new ways of seeing the world, it all comes down to being woke, uh, being someone who knows how society works. Um, and when you're and when you take this stance uh, and how it has became, uh, how it has become uh, recently, you sort of have this sort of like moral sort of, uh, you know, I know, I know that I'm right sort of idea. It's, uh, it's sort of like, you know exactly that you're right and you have this, like, you stand on this moral platform where uh, you know everything is right and other people don't, so you're woke uh, and people aren't. People are still asleep within the dominant 
uh, discourse and dominant uh, narratives and the way you uh, work. However, uh, this is the development towards, uh, you know, what it has become recently. Uh, Foucault's idea of power is that you can't escape it. You can't escape it because you're not really responsible for it. You are within this web that you can never escape. Um, uh, you don't have this personal autonomy uh, outside of this web. You are within this web. It works in very minute ways it works in all institutions from the family to schools and uh, college and uh, the government and other uh, places and uh, institutions it works everywhere and every in every aspect so you can't really uh, say that you're above it so because you can't say that you're above it we have these ideas like uh, every white person is racist, uh, every um, white person uh, has this implicit racism that they can't escape. And uh, these ideas are sort of dangerous because it, uh, it makes the idea of the individual, the sovereign individual, really weak. It weakens the individual and gives credit to the majority uh, and the uh, group instead of giving uh, power, empowering the individual, it empowers the group instead. So the individual is weakened instead of empowered and the group is empowered but in the same time it is uh, criticized and uh, dealt with in a way that, um, you know, uh, it doesn't really uh, doesn't really focus on the individual within the group. It sort of discards of the individual, and this happens within religion. So within religion, uh, if you want to to leave the religion, you sort of uh, you face a lot of trouble because because you're not seen as an an individual. You you are seen as a representative of the group. And so this is where the danger of wokeness, uh, you know, really, really is. It's within the weakness uh, and weakening of the uh, individual within the group uh, and not giving the group enough credit for their being and uh, the way they uh, permit themselves. And you can't really, you can't really get better because you are socialized within this framework. You can't really get better. So it's not really develop, uh, uh, sorry, it's not really developing at all. Um, and so this is sort of the idea of wokeness. Uh, in summary, um, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, um, and also within this theory, towards the ends, towards the recent way of its, uh, you know, the way it's, uh, it, it, it approach society and culture, anything new within this sphere is, uh, considered radical. It's sort of like when you're in a religion and you come up with this new sort of idea, new interpretation of something, and everyone considers you blasphemous, uh, it, they can't really uh, see that you have become 
that you are in 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 uh, an individual with your own sort of um, uh, way of thinking. Uh, they see part of the group and digressing from the group. So in summary, wokeness began with the death of Marxism uh, and the emergence of critical theory, the Frankfurt School, uh, the birth of social justice, giving voice to the, to, to the unvoiced, to the uh, subaltern, well, not really the subaltern, but... Um, giving voice to the unrepresented, seeing the world through the Foucauldian sense of power and discourse, uh, seeing things from a much critical, deeper, and clearer perspective, deconstructing everything, um, uh, and seeing injustice where it is hidden, where it is implicit. Uh, it also... Uh, wokeness also comes with the political movements of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the emergence of a new left uh, and new ideals for justice. It also comes with uh, uh, the emergence of post-colonialism, post-modernism, women's studies, and all other ethnic and area studies. Um, uh, And it it's mainly the byproduct of identity politics fused together with postmodern tactics. So this was Wokeness by me, Selma, a by self Credo podcast. Um, if you like this episode, uh, keep watching, keep listening, uh, sorry, listening. Uh, for more, we will always be bringing uh, new topics like this uh, to discuss and talk about. Uh, visit Self Credo. It is a blog fi- uh, on uh, selfcredo.com. Uh, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this very uh, dense and uh, condensed, actually condensed summary of wokeness and the birth of wokeness in a historical, uh, you know, fashion. Um, See you next time.